Hello, welcome to He's Hot But Something's Off with me, just Joey T. If you are watching the video podcast, which is available on Spotify and my YouTube channel, Just Joey T, you notice we're in very different surroundings. I actually have that mint green wall behind me, which is actually a wall that I painted um, about a year ago. I wanted a feature wall for this one bedroom. But today, we are coming to you, not live, uh, but we're coming to you from a hotel room in New York City. Actually, correction, I'm not in New York City. I'm technically in Queens. So I'm here for New York City Pride, which is just a few days from now, from when I'm recording this. And I decided to pick a hotel, not in Manhattan, for money reasons. So I'm still on my career break, so I'm really watching the pennies and the dollars quite carefully. I have a lot of credit cards, give me a lot of points. And so I decided we should use as many of the points as possible for as many of the trips that I want to take while I'm on this career break. Kind of makes sense. So I've got all these hotel points, airline points, credit card points sitting there. I don't usually use them that much for very complicated reasons I'm not going to go into today. But this year I've been burning a lot of those points. So went on to the website. I usually stay with the Marriott uh, chain of hotels, but that's where all my hotel points are. Went on their website, looked for hotels that are available you know, around this time for NYC Pride. And obviously stuff that's in Manhattan proper is pretty expensive. So I was looking in a wider area and I noted that just across whatever that bit of water that separates Manhattan from Queens, I really don't know the geography of the area, but it's just basically uh, one or two train rides on one of the lines between where I am in Queens and Manhattan. So it seemed like, oh, it's not technically in Manhattan, it's technically in Queens, but this hotel that I'm staying in now that I booked seemed pretty close. So I was like, and it's way cheaper. It was like half the amount of points that was needed if I were to stay in like Chelsea or Hell's Kitchen, which is the area that I usually stay in when I used to visit New York before, but those are all work trips, so work paid for those. So it was like all good. So I was like, why not? I think a really useful thing we have available today is Google Street View. So you can check out what a neighborhood looks like just, you know, in the light of day. So I got to New York at night and just hopped in a Uber from uh, LaGuardia Airport. It was only a 20 minute ride, it's dark and I wasn't really paying attention to like what area I was in. I was just on my phone the entire time. Car arrived, dropped me off. I was outside the hotel, I just like walked in. I didn't really notice. The next morning, um, I was gonna head out and I was gonna go into the city to get food, uh, pick up some toiletries or whatever, but I did notice that in the area where this hotel is, there's not really anything around here. It's not, there's not like a CVS, there's no Walgreens, there's not a supermarket, there's not really stuff around here, which I was like, whatever, I didn't really think that much about it. The next morning in broad daylight, when I walked out of this hotel, I took like two steps onto the sidewalk and I was like, this is not like a great neighborhood. So signs that you're not staying in a great neighborhood, your hotel is not in a great neighborhood, is when there are cars that are clearly 
out of repair, just parked on the side of the road. There's this one hatchback, this white hatchback, that was propped up on a jack on the side of this road, like literally right outside the hotel. And it's got like both the front wheels missing and the hood is open. The first time I saw that, which was like the very first morning when I left the hotel, I thought, oh, they broke down in some catastrophic way. They blew their tires and their engine is shot or something. That car is still there. The hood is still up and both front tires are still like off of the car. And I've been here for, I don't know, 48 hours now. I've walked past that car like five times, six times in 48 hours, and it's still there and it's not doing anything. And near where that car is are other cars that are very, very dusty. And you can kind of tell some bits are falling off of those cars. So that's your first sign that your hotel is not in a great neighborhood. The other thing I noticed is their kids, I hear kids playing on the street until like 10 p.m. And I was gonna record this during the day because it's nice to record a video for the video version of the podcast. When you're recording video in like a random room, it's nice to record in front of a window. You get all the natural light, it's very flattering. Um, but I'm actually recording this at 11.30 at night because it's so noisy during the day. And there's an air conditioning unit in the window, which is great. It's just actually a newer hotel, which is why I picked this one. I thought, oh, it's not like the most fancy hotel, but it's a new hotel. So at least things are like new and modern, right? Which it is. There's a giant air conditioning unit that's in the window. And it's it's probably more AC than this room ever needs. It cools down very, very quickly. But the thing is, sound travels through that window AC unit. Um, that's just how they work. And I can hear everything on the street. When I'm sleeping, I don't hear anything. Also, I'm putting earplugs, but I'm like, why are kids playing on the street like past dusk? It's like 10 p.m. and I hear kids like screaming, yelling, whatever outside. Also, during the day, there are like people that are just racing mopeds up and down the adjacent street for some reason in a way that I don't understand. Um, yeah, so it's not like the nicest neighborhood, um, and, but I'm saving money. Like the hotel is safe. Let me put this, the hotel is safe. It's not like dangerous. Once I'm in the hotel, I don't feel like there's anything wrong. I don't necessarily feel my life is in danger when I go to and from the hotel. The other thing is this hotel is very close to the subway line. One of the subway lines that... It takes you right into the city. It's literally two stops away. And then you're on like Lexington or 63rd Ave or wherever it is. So yeah. Um, anyway, so that was interesting. I'll make sure not to <laughs> cheap out so much on the hotel. I guess I, get, I got spoiled before because every other time I've been in New York had literally been a work trip. Most of the companies I work with, they have some sort of office in Manhattan, um, so usually when you travel for work, they'll say, you know, you get a cap for how much you can spend on the hotel, how much you can spend on the airfare. Um, if you are able to pick your own hotel at all, some companies will just say you have to pick from these hotels. Some other companies just let you book whatever as long as it's under the price cap. Now, I've usually stayed in 
like Manhattan proper, right? It's not been a problem, but yeah, it's nice. I've got a kitchen. I'm actually filming the kitchen um, of my hotel room, which is nice. It's got a microwave. I've been buying meals at Whole Foods. One of my favorite things when I travel to different major cities, at least in the U.S., is being really close to a Whole Foods. Now, I do usually shop at Whole Foods for groceries at home anyways, but Whole Foods, they have a hot bar section, which I really, really like, number one. The second thing is they've got some really good microwavable meal options. So that's what I've been eating for like half my meals right now. So tonight for dinner, I just went to the hot bar at one of the Whole Foods in Manhattan. You just get a box, you fill with how much stuff you want. And it's a little expensive. You go to the checkout and they weigh how heavy this box is, like how much food you have in this box. Mine was 1.8 pounds, I remember, and it was $24, which is granted not cheap. However, the advantage of that is it's like a buffet. You get to pick exactly what you want to eat and uh, there's nothing that you don't. And you also don't need to tip, which is awesome. So I ended up doing that. I knew this room would have a little kitchenette with the microwave so uh, and also a fridge. So uh, the first day I went to the city, I went and picked up some of these uh, like ready to heat up meals from Whole Foods. They're not the ones that are frozen because a lot of hotels, they don't have freezers, but they have like a fridge. So in like the fridge section, they've got like Whole Foods branded um, microwavable meals that you keep in the refrigerator, but it's not frozen. You don't keep them in the fridge. And I remember when I first moved to LA and um, I was just living in an Airbnb, I was still shopping for a condo and uh, I didn't have moved into the place obviously because I haven't bought it yet. I rented this little studio Airbnb in LA and there was a full kitchen, but in like a short-term rental type of a place like that, I just didn't feel like getting groceries and cooking cooking so for like two months straight i was basically eating off of frozen microwavable meals or these uh whole foods uh microwavable meals that i found you know when i first moved to la and i was like these are actually really delicious so i went and picked up a bunch of those picked up some cereal which is if you're watching the video podcast this is whole foods fruit and nut muesli which is what i usually eat when i'm i'm uh at home, actually, uh, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna get some of these because I like eating these. I haven't eaten these yet. I won't eat half this box probably before I even check out of the hotel. So, yeah, um, it's funny when I travel. I think other people do this too. When I'm traveling, especially if I go to a country where they don't speak English, I need the security and comfort of going to a establishment that I am very familiar with because I'm already in an unfamiliar place, uh, especially if I don't speak the language there and I'm not that familiar with the culture. That already makes me kind of anxious. That gives me some anxiety already. So to go to like a McDonald's, which I know a lot of people are very like, oh, gross, why would you go to a McDonald's if you're in like Paris or if you're in uh, Tokyo or like whatever kind of stuff, right? It really depends. For me, I'm not a foodie and I don't really want to necessarily try the local food in most places that I visit. 
There are exceptions though. One time I went to Tokyo for a whole week. This is way back in college stuff. So it's many years ago. Went to Tokyo with uh, some friends of mine and we we're there for a week. And we made it a thing to try a different type of Japanese food for every single meal. And it was like one of the most delicious weeks I've experienced ever in my life. Granted, if I went to Tokyo by myself for a week, would that have happened? Probably not for all those factors that I listed before. But I was like with a group of people. So like we kind of did it's like a group activity. Um, but uh, while I'm in New York anyways, I've been trying to experiment and find out um, what are the fast casual food chains that are in the area. So in LA or the West Coast, for example, one of my favorite fast casual chains is Tender Greens. So feel free to Google that up as it's not everywhere, but Tender Greens, it's fast casual American, basically. And you can get steak or chicken or tuna or salmon and you get it on like a plate with like a side, like a salad or vegetables or mashed potatoes or whatever it is. So it's, you know, fast casual Western. And that's a type of food that um, for me is a good mix between uh, it's affordable, it's quick, and uh, it's got enough protein and veggies, which is what I usually try to eat in my diet anyways. But it's also a type of food in a type of restaurant where it is not weird for you to eat there yourself, for, which for me is like one of the most important criteria, right? It's so weird to go into like a regular sit-down restaurant and just like get a table for yourself. Because I always feel like, even though technically there's nothing wrong with that, but it's like you go in there, like first of all, no one working in that restaurant expects you to get a table for one and just eat by yourself. If it's a slightly more casual type of restaurant where they have like a bar, um, depending on type of restaurant cuisine it is, when you're eating the bar, yeah, you're probably just eating for one, that's fine. But like in a lot of restaurants, like proper sit-down restaurants, it's feels very weird to get a table for one. I remember one time I took a road trip from Vancouver where uh, I used to live with my parents when I was in college and I wanted to take a vacation in LA and I wanted to do a road trip. So I drove all the way down over two days from Vancouver in Canada down to Los Angeles and I stayed at like um, at the W Hotel because I thought it was like fucking nice and fancy or whatever. And for one of the meals, I decided to eat at the restaurant that was in the hotel. And regular Western American cuisine. And I ordered like one thing. It wasn't very busy at the restaurant. You know, most of the tables were empty. I think it was like late afternoon, early evening or something on just like a weekday. And got a table for one. And I had some food. I remember the um, waiter um, asking me... Um, do you like want like a magazine to read or something like that? Uh, because I guess it was weird for him that I just wanted like a meal to eat. I think in the hotel, if you have a hotel restaurant, that's like the one restaurant in your hotel. You're obviously getting people that are visiting. And a lot of times people travel solo for whatever reason. You know, if you're on like a business trip, you're likely going to be traveling. So a lot of business travelers, they're just solo travel. Like they're not traveling in like a group or whatever. And when I travel, I actually travel solo. I don't usually fly with people. I'm not usually staying with people. I mean, I might be going to a party and I'll, you know, 
meet friends at a party or whatever, but I'm not necessarily staying and flying with them. So it's weird that in a hotel restaurant where you know you're going to get a bunch of travelers and a good number of them are going to be solo that like you don't cater to them more or like you as a waiter would kind of sort of find it shocking that someone is eating solo in that restaurant. Yeah, so um, I visit New York every so often. So I've been trying to find places where, uh, yeah, it's where I can eat by myself and not have it feel weird. It's the kind of food that I like to eat. And it's like relatively fast. And I don't need to like spend a whole bunch of time there eating the food because I'm probably there. I'm not traveling to New York just to eat. I'm traveling to like do other things. So yeah, so every time I come to New York, um, I've been trying to like find new chains and uh, kind of new fast casual places. By the way, Google Maps has been useless. They've never been, never has Google been so useless at helping me find a place or like something to do out in the out in the world. Except when I type fast casual, it just gives me fast food. It doesn't understand the definition of like fast casual, where it's not. It, it, is that in between between literal fast food like a Burger King? and like a sit down restaurant. Google Maps doesn't understand that and the Google search doesn't understand that. So I've been like, tr I've had to try very hard to find some of these uh, restaurants, but I, I found a few, which is, which is pretty good. Um, getting around New York is one of my favorite things because I don't like public transit, but I like the train. That, that's the, like, the subway, for example, trains, Subways, sky trains, those are the only types of transportation, public transportation that I like. I hate the bus. I can't take the bus. I would not take a bus. Like it could be free to take a bus somewhere, or you could pay $50 to hop in an Uber, even if the Uber wasn't faster, and I'll still take the Uber. I just don't really like taking like a public transit bus. It's really not my jam shuttles are like a little different. So whenever I fly out of LAX, I park in the economy parking. You have to take a shuttle to get from the parking to the terminal. That seems okay. But for me to take like a regular bus bus, like I'm not high school anymore. So I don't, I don't like, I really don't like taking a bus, but I, I like taking the train. And I love that New York has like a great subway system that pretty much gets you anywhere that you want to go. The only thing is, maybe I haven't been in New York for a while now, is how often people don't pay for the subway to ride it. So I've taken a subway like five or six times so far. I've been mostly just walking from place to place. So I'll take the train from here in Queens, take it two or three stops into Manhattan, and I'll get off and I'll just walked to different places on foot. Today, I walked about six miles. It was to the point where uh, my phone was 100% charged, completely charged, so were my earbuds when I left the hotel at like 1 p.m. And four hours later, at like five o'clock, they were both on 15%. Like I've never gone from like 100% to like low battery on my phone and my earbuds at the same time, number one. And number two, I've never drained that much of my battery on either one of those things in like four hours. Like I've been, yeah, well, I was on grind the whole time. <laughs> that was probably why. But I was just like walking the whole time today. But anyways, yeah, 
every time I got into a subway station and took the train or like I was leaving the subway station to get it back on the street, every time without fail, I've seen someone like jump the turnstiles, they just hop over. Or I saw one lady like duck under. Um, and then there's also the other trick where people just go in through like the emergency exit that's by the turnstiles. I can't believe so many people just like do that. I don't know, is it like a New York thing? Like maybe I just, it's always been like that and I haven't been in New York in like a while. So like I don't notice it that much or something. And like and these people, they don't care who sees. So I was coming out of a subway station and someone just came in through like the emergency exit, like the wrong way, like going back in. And then the guy, the booth was like right there. So I guess they're like, I'm like, they're in the booth. Like, what can they do? Right. Yeah. Just the amount of people that don't pay the fare. I don't even know how much the fare is, but like, I guess, well, it, it is what it is, I guess. So I mentioned last podcast, I decided at the last minute to come to New York early. I was supposed to originally come to New York. Wednesday, Thursday, the week before Pride Weekend itself and stay for about five days and leave the Monday. I ended up coming in Sunday, a full week before Pride Weekend. And as I'm recording it, it's Tuesday night. Um, I found that it's been nice to have that change of scenery um, and then kind of get my head kind of out of the mental state that it was in and that was kind of one of the main reasons i'm at the point where if i have the motivation to do something or if i think something's a good idea i'm convincing i'm convincing myself to just like not question it and do it as long as it's not something that's very obviously nonsensical or stupid to do so when i had the thought to just you know what i want to leave la early i want to get out of LA for longer. Let's maybe just go to New York a few days earlier than planned. And when I had that thought, I just like didn't question. I just started looking into it. I was like, doesn't seem like an obviously stupid idea. It's not more expensive, costs a few more points for a few extra nights at the hotel. But yeah, so I just got it done. Because one of the things I've been struggling with this entire year, and even since last year, honestly, is just lack of motivation to do things. I touched on it a little bit in the very first episode of the podcast. And I'm on this career break, and that's related. I was seeing a therapist for a while last year, and that's related. Yeah, it's like, I just don't know. So the motivation to do a lot of things is kind of sort of gone. I'm not depressed. Uh, for, but I was thinking a little bit like, do I have like some sort of low form of pre-depression or something? As far as I can tell, I don't. But things that I used to enjoy doing, you know, I don't enjoy them so much anymore. Everything seems like a chore. And I can't tell if there's something going on or I'm just gone like really, really, really lazy. Um, but yeah, it's been nice, I would say, at least for like the last couple of days to be out of LA, not be on my couch watching TV, um, coming to the hotel and watching TV instantly first thing I do when I come to the hotel room is like put on HGTV or the Foot Network is what I've been watching in the hotel room but yeah during the day though um the last couple of days when I'm here yeah I just got out the house just went into Manhattan just explored different places like I said I was trying to find different like fast casual uh restaurants 
Today, I went and hiked the entire uh, Highline Park. Highline Park is, don't kill me if I get this wrong. I'm just, I'm not Google. I'm just doing this off of memory. But Highline Park is basically a old railroad that was elevated off the street, now turned into a park because like the train doesn't run on those rails anymore. Something like that. But it's actually really, really cute. So I actually uh, went from one end, the northern end, of Highline Park, walked all the way down to where uh, the meatpacking district is, and I walked back um, in addition to like just walking all over uh, uh, Manhattan uh, for other things to like find food or find coffee or just do whatever. Yeah, so it's been nice to just be out and about and just kind of sort of not worry about job hunting or chores or bills or anything like that and like just be out you know uh which is kind of hard for me to do if that's why i don't leave the house that often when i'm in los angeles that sounds horrible but i do go to the gym all the time and this week i'm not going to the gym because like i'm just on a break i'm on like proper vacation trip so it's like i'm not even going to the gym i'm getting exercise in with the walking but yeah when i'm at home uh it's very easy just to not leave the house unless I have to. The gym is one of the few things that gets me out of the house right now. But yeah, um, I'm spending a lot of time thinking about what I want to do with life. And it's not a question I've ever really had to think about before. So yeah, it's baby steps. But I think what I needed and what's been good for me so far is just to have that change of scenery. Um, and being in New York is definitely that change of scenery that I really, really needed. Yeah, and I'm just gonna go with the flow. We have Pride Weekend coming up in New York, which is why I'm here. So uh, we'll see how the parties turn out and I'll give you all an update on New York Pride Weekend on the next episode. Now, as always, I like to wrap up the episode with a little talk about RuPaul's Drag Race, Some Stars, Season 8, we're up to episode seven. Um, the only thing I really wanted to talk about, honestly, is the amount of crying and the amount of dramatics that Alexis Michelle displays on the show. Because when they were picking parts, like, Drag Race fans will understand you know when uh, a queen gets a little too emotional for being safe from elimination uh, on a particular week but now you know we're getting emotions when you don't get the part that you wanted before the main challenge even occurs the thing that bugs me so much about this is well on the one hand it's good tv i guess but for me it's just annoying like not like a love to hate type of thing. Like, I just don't like it. Because it was an improv challenge this week. And all the queens were discussing who wants what parts. Okay. There's going to be some queens that are going to get the elbows out a little bit and say, I want this part. And they're a little stronger for it. But like, hey, it's a competition. You know, like, you're, you're not here to make friends. You know, I feel like you don't need to throw other people under the bus explicitly. But, you know, if there's a part you want, you should probably just say, hey, I want this part, right? If no one wants it, 
great as yours. If someone else wants it, okay, you guys figure it out. Which is what Candy and Alexis are trying to do. The two things about that that bugged me specifically was when they were figuring it out and Alexis said, well, these two parts are pretty similar. So why do you just take the other part? And Candy, what Candy said was like exactly what I was thinking. What Candy said was, those two parts are so similar, why do you take the other part? Because you think they're similar, I don't think they're similar. Which, from like a logical point of view, makes like perfect logical sense. It felt a little bit like Alexis was trying to be like, well, you shouldn't have what you want. And like, you should take this other part, which I think is similar enough for you, but not for me. Like, it's a little like, I don't know if hypocritical is the right word, but I just didn't like it. I, I, I didn't like it. But literally what Candy said was what I was thinking. Like, Alexis, if you think those two parts are so similar, why don't you take that other part that you think is so similar to the part that we both want? Because I don't think those parts are that similar. But you do, so you take the other part. And then the thing is, Alexis then finally agrees, okay, I'll take the other part. And he volunteered to do that. I mean, obviously, Candy was fighting for the part that he wanted, T. But Alexis, okay, I'll take this other part. And then starts crying. So in the confessionals and stuff, I know Alexis said he's like very sensitive, very emotional. Yes, fine. But at that moment... um. Basically, it was also what Ken said. It's like the dramatics. Like it's yes, I get it's a pressure cooker. Um, I definitely have sympathy that hey, it's a very difficult environment that everyone is in. But Alexis also alluded to this a little in the confessional as well. It's if you can't take the pressure, maybe you shouldn't be here. So at least she has enough self awareness to like kind of sort of be getting that hint. I don't know. We've seen girls that have been too emotional for being safe, for being eliminated. But like, bitch, you're picking apart, like, and you're crying over that. I just don't get it. I know this is good TV. I just don't want to see that. So for me, it's like, I, it's, it's not enjoyable. It just is, for me, it's annoying to watch as a viewer, someone that is, so sensitive and cries at things like that because for me it's like I don't get the sense you have what it takes to be in this competition number one the, the number two is for all stars you've done this once so I felt like you know you sh should have some idea what to expect it's kind of the same note that I had with um, Heidi, for example, and Heidi kind of maybe thinking, oh, in the All-Stars All-Winner season, they no one left. No one left the competition. And I think it was wishful thinking if Heidi ever thought that that was the case for every All-Star season going forward. Because for me, it was pretty clear that that was a All-Winner specific thing that they were doing that was not likely going to repeat it for every future all-star season if it wasn't going to be for all winners this is a regular all-star season even before the first episode aired i knew it was likely to be reverted to the old all-stars format where queens would have to vote each other out 
so I feel like for Candy to have thought that no one was going to leave, I don't think that's realistic. Just to be completely honest, me as a viewer, I can already tell you like, bitches are going to go. So I don't know how, where she got that from. Uh, but I'm not a fan of her Patreon, so I don't know what the real tea is, but she locked that behind a paywall. But the thing is, for Alexis Michelle to be there and be, I don't know, crying that much? Is the producer spiking her water or something? Um, are they like, are, are they putting cut onions under her face out of the camera shot or something? I don't know what it is. It's, it's too much. It's too much. It, it just feels like to me, like you're not, you're not strong enough to take the pressure. You know, you should have known better because it's like when you come back for All Stars, you've been kind of through the ringer once, and if it's not something you want to do, then like, yeah, that's as nice as I can make it. But I just want to say, like, just beat it. I I kind of wanted Alexa to just be eliminated this week, um, because just for that. Because I just don't like how she's behaved so far this season with like kind of sort of throwing Darien under the bus, like throwing her teammate under the bus, stealing the thunder from like the very first episode from like Monica. Like Monica was like a, on the chopping block and you're the one that gets all emotional and like taking the, taking the attention away. And to like the flip-flopping last week when there was the drama between candy and heidi and jimbo um to be fair she was like hold on to the spot but like the you know the, the flip-flop was hey the cameras don't lie and then if you can't even figure out with the other queens what part you're all going to do without crying it's like that's like the easiest part of the challenge to is to pick the parts it's like you have to like do the dressing and the improv and the acting like that that's that's the real challenge the real challenge is not to pick the parts so like if you can't even do that without crying i don't know like, all of this stuff together makes me not like alexis michelle on, on 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 the season so it's some sort of drama like i said you know it's the producers like it because it's some sort of entertainment value and this is why most people watch reality tv because hey there needs to be some sort of drama right that's why you watch any tv show right even hgtv the hgtv shows i watch i can tell oh um the couple didn't know that this 100 year old house was gonna have you know uh lead pipes or something it's like obviously the producers and all the people knew that there's some problem with the house but they have to put, it's a they're putting on a tv show they have to you know put in some drama in there so, so i get that but for me it's like uh, I just don't like me personally. I think a lot of people like that type of drama, but this amount of crying combined with throwing a teammate under the bus, combined with like the things that she's saying, all of that makes me just not like her very much. And yeah, you know, it's she's not necessarily going to be a queen that I'm going to be lining up to buy a ticket to see, you know, like all the queens are very talented right? Definitely. And I mentioned this before, there are producers there that are like nudging people to like possibly react one way or say certain things, right? But I don't know, this is not the type of television that I personally like to see. 
let's leave it at that before I get way more worked up. And with that, we have another episode of this podcast complete. So one thing I want to say is, I, I mentioned this before, if you guys want me to do a Patreon, because I do want to share more podcast content with you guys, but some of the topics I want to talk about, they are not like advertiser friendly or whatever. And like to put it onto like the regular podcast apps, I don't know those apps are going to like me talk about some of those topics, but I would love to do like a Patreon or something like that for you guys. If you guys are down to do that, like comment on my Instagram, um, on any of my social media or the YouTube comments for like this video podcast episode. And I would love to get that started for you guys. But until next time, not live from New York. Bye.